0: Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, day 53. Yesterday, and I I do these recaps not to cock a snook at your powers of recall, but just to ease your return to this quiet little nook we carve out for ourselves each day to ensure it's had time to fully materialise before we go roaring off into the day's exercise, and also because I'm aware that sometimes there may have been a gap between yesterday and today, and yesterday may not have been yesterday, but actually yesterweek. um, I asked, nay demanded, that you list scenes from your life that had a strong sensory element. We're moving into a more autobiographical portion of the course now, just because no matter what genre you're writing in, life experience is a resource all of us have. All of us has. I'm not sure what part of the sentence I'm supposed to make the verb agree with there. See, even an avowed grammar nerd like your faithful pedagogue gets bewildered sometimes, suffice to say it doesn't really matter. So anyway, I digress. Life experience, yes, really useful for your writing once you give yourself permission to use it and a resource that increases and replenishes with age. You might say no no one wants to hear about my miserable little life, Tim. Well, look, I'm not going to actually argue with you on that. It isn't about a demand that you learn to package and commodify your life and sell it as art. It's about learning to draw upon experience while you pr- practice your craft. You know, maybe finding ways to relate differently to things you've been through. After all, each one of us creates stories about our lives. We thread Events together like beads on a necklace. We pitch, pick which events are important enough to go on that necklace of our life and then we make meaning out of it. We infer lessons, we draw parallels and relationships between different beads at different points. We say, I'm this sort of person or that sort of person. We identify times when things went wrong and we look back to see if there were warning signs and we think, Oh, that happened to me again. Uh, I find it almost unthinkably improbable that you haven't been involved in some sort of informal, semi-conscious effort of creating your own memoir in your head for years and years and years. What engaging with life writing does is allows you to take responsibility for that process that every human being does and notice choices you've been making. And yes, also, We've got a whole heap of material we can process and transform in order to improve our fiction and give it texture and give it life and slap meat onto the bones. The main purpose of all of this, after all, is to help you write more and better stories and look, maybe be a little bit happier while you do so. I'm not ever trying to put you on the psychiatrist's couch, so to speak. I'm not trained as a psychiatrist, but I'm very aware that the more you can engage with what a particular experience felt like, And that experience might be going and getting ice cream with your best friend when you were seven, right? Or walking home through a particular field in late spring that had cows grazing next to it. They don't have to be what we would think of as sort of plot-rich moments. The more you can touch those moments, those experiences, those tangible parts of real life, of being a human, and your feelings and sensations then, and your feelings and sensations now, looking back at them, the more you can do that, the more vivid and rich and living and compelling your, your writing will end up being. Even if you end up writing about, you know, like an asteroid mining community off in the arse end of the universe or a gang of goblin wagon robbers or a torrid historical romance with lots of extremely saucy sex or whatever, you know, that might not be representative of your actual life as lived. Uh, but the key to empathy and immersion is first to plug back in to your own experience of the world and your experience of being a human, alive. Your very personal story is your on-ramp to the universal. And I'm aware that it's not always super comfortable doing this. You know, it's not always easy. We'll talk about that in the days to come. You know, I've written novels, I've also written memoir, I've also written stand-up where I talk about my life in front of strangers. And you know, one of the reasons I got into writing fiction, into writing stories, was to escape my life, right? You know, to get a break from being me. I'm 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 trapped inside tim Clare, right so i understand if you feel some resistance to writing about yourself in any capacity it's like this is not what i got into the game for right all i can say is you don't have to share any of this that we're writing for the course with anyone you know in fact I, i i would advise that you sort of uh sort of proceed with the assumption that you never will if you get through this course having written nothing that challenged you that made you feel a bit vulnerable or odd or outside of the much talked about comfort zone I think it was a bad course you know like it didn't stretch you it didn't expand your strength or flexibility or knowledge but I hope that what we cover helps to make the stuff you do choose to share with the world a bit better a bit richer a bit more 3D so for today's task I'd like you to pick one memory from your list one moment and expand it out into what might read like a conventional scene from a memoir or piece of life writing so write about the memory, where you were, the context and I want you to really dig into the details. Try to give us sensory details from all five senses for that place and time. Tell us both about how you felt then and how you feel now looking back. When people do this exercise when I teach workshops their usual inclination is to write it entirely in what I think of as um, habitual time. That is to say filtering every action with the modal verb would. So for instance I um, On Saturdays after swimming, we would go to visit my grandmother's. She would bake cinnamon buns and greet us at the door with the sweet Christmassy smell wafting out from behind her. I would sit on the big sinky couch with my sister, still tingling from the pool, and we would eat our biscuits from white plates with scalloped edges like seashells. Adult conversation would drift in from the kitchen, muffled like we were underwater, and I would feel small and safe as a starfish on the seabed during a storm. Now, none of those are bad sentences on their own, but their repeated use of wood, which, look, I was was hammering a little bit to make it seem more clunky than it actually is, but I think that repeated use of wood of habitual time means we're not getting access to an actual scene, an actual narrative presence, but a kind of smushed-together average of lots of different occasions. An idealised time, a sort of mythic past, plus all that repetition of wood... It just slows the sentence down, right? It's more cartilage. I don't know. Maybe that's the effect you want to go for. I realise I haven't made, like, a super compelling case that it's completely rubbish. I've just expressed a preference, right? Look, personally, if it's all possible, I think it's more powerful to try and zoom down into a specific occasion. Even if, honestly, you're, like, patching together the memory from lots of different memories to make a sort of plausible, likely amalgamation of what it was probably like... Because unless you're like a genetic freak with perfect recall, you almost certainly don't remember. But, like, if that seems too extreme, you can do a mix. Acknowledge routines of your life while anchoring the majority of the narrative in an imagined present. So, for example, uh, my grandmother met us at the door, throwing her arms round our shoulders. On Saturday, she would bake cinnamon biscuits. And the sweet Christmassy smell hit my nostrils as she hugged me into her apron. Or whatever. Look, I freely acknowledge that this is a stylistic preference, not a rule. It's not one I always stick to myself. I've explained my rationale and the effect I think it produces. Your mileage may vary. Uh, If you feel differently, I wholeheartedly support your right to make a different choice. I just want you to be aware of the effects and that that is a choice that you're making. If you use wood or you just actually go down into a specific narrative present. So to summarise, pick one of the memories from your list, flesh it out into a longer scene where you give us context and tell the story of that memory, giving us access to all five senses, giving us rich specific detail and some insight into how you felt. Link events to feelings. Ready? I trust you to do your best. Three, two, one, go. And we're done. How was that for you? When I do this exercise in workshops, I usually get people into pairs after they've written it down and they sort of interview each other about the memory they've chosen, asking questions, trying to draw out details and information. One of the reasons I do that is that, in my experience, people are pretty bad at recognising the story of their memory. Uh, and I I put story in scare quotes there because I realise a story is something we is a kind of like cookie cutter... We, I realise cookie cutter is normally used as a pejorative, but it's a kind of shape that we apply to it to make it make human sense because you could start and end anywhere because these things are contiguous with the rest of life, right? But when people share their experience or their memory with the group, they often have no idea which parts of it the group find really interesting and no idea which parts the group find boring. And it's really, really interesting to hear people suddenly jump on something and go what how did you feel about this you know they often leave out big chunks of context especially stuff around you know different people's personalities or motivations you know what they thought of someone having someone else ask you questions is a really good way of starting to see what you've left out often it'll be as simple as did you used to enjoy going there or were you shy as a child or you know did you and your dad get on was this something you did a lot If maybe the memory, you know, involves something related to those things, people will ask the questions. And I know they sound like kind of psychiatrist couch questions. They're not normally meant as invasive as they might come across when I just like say them out to you like this. It's it's about finding ways in and understanding the connections and the investment and the stakes of a scene. And it can feel odd, you know, considering yourself as a character in a story. And it can feel really odd. When you realize other people are interested parts interested in parts of your story in your in your life you know this stuff that you've just taken for granted forever that it's just a kind of part of the firmament of reality. people so frequently dismiss their whole life as boring, but that's only because it's all you've ever known right really all that's boring is a lack of detail or color it you can make anything boring by just giving us a summary right but when you really get down to it when you get down into it engage the reader's five senses and connect events to feelings and evoke those emotions show instead of telling you almost inevitably arrive at something that lives right i'm going to stop there more exploration of this tomorrow looking at life writing techniques that can supercharge your fiction thanks for your faith and incredible hard work i really hope this is helping you my aim is to send you off ready to face whatever you want okay Tomorrow is bye. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.